Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling? I mean, that's a lot of goals um, that we've experienced in the last couple games. And so, yeah. uh, again, after our after what seems to be a traditional summer slump, LAFC looks to be back and rested and scoring goals. And again, I think the pieces that they've added seem to be seem to be exactly what the doctor ordered in terms of what some of the, their issues had been throughout the early part of the year. And again, you obviously you hope to see that continue as you move forward. You know, RSL had been on a hot streak, right? I think they had won what like nine of their last eleven or something like that. And quite a few, yeah, yeah. Chicho and Moose, you know take down taking down leon right after leon came into the bank and you know took the um ccl trophy but yeah you know like i said they've they've looked great like i said from top to bottom this team looks this team looks like the team that we expected um early on in the year so again it's it's nice to be an lafc fan at this point yeah the uh fun game to watch First half wasn't super eventful, a handful of chances either way. Um, some interesting tactical things that I don't know that I've noticed before. It seems like uh, they've settled in on a few things. We can talk about those a little bit later. Then four goals in the second half, and I think three came within about 10 minutes of each other. Um, a bit similar to Juarez where a bunch of the goals come in the second half and they kind of it like the floodgates open and LAFC just pours it on. And by the end of the game, Steve Terundolo just doesn't care anymore. He's got he's got Palencia su- subbing in for Buke and Hollingshead moving to right wing. And then Mamadou Fall comes in. And I'm like, oh, they're going to go to official back three because they kind of been playing out of a back three. And it's like, no, it's now more of a 4-3-3 than it was earlier. <laughs> and Mamadou <laughs> Fall is playing the right on the right back. wing, serving in big looping crosses. Uh after I saw that looping cross, I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. Is he the uh, backup right back? Yeah. And then I saw some of his passes through the midfield on the ground. I was like, all right, well, there, there you go. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's why he's, he's pointing the back. Um, but to me, that was just a sign that, that Chirundolo was, was done. Like he didn't, he knew it was over. Uh, he was calling game. Right. And at that point, it's just about saving people's legs uh, for Monterey. So, uh, quite the game, uh, to watch quite the performance, 11 goals in two games for LAFC. Um, and that was without Carlos. So, yeah. And I thought after that, after the last game, right. The, the assumption I felt was that we were going to, we were going to suffer a little bit in absence of Carlos Vela. Right, um, you know, because yeah. again, I think he looked—he looked so good as the facilitator, facilitator, mm-hmm. and the orchestrator in that previous game. I, I really did wonder who that guy was going to be, and again, so many guys stepped up to the plate. You know, again, the create looked like they took a took a little bit of time to kind of really get get the ball rolling, but by the time it was all said and done, you know, both you know guys like Ardaz and 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 Bogus just you know looked really good in those positions to say the least. Absolutely. Um, Denny Bawanga comes away with a brace. Nathan Ordaz gets his second goal for LAFC. Um, Krostev comes in and scores and hits a not-so-great gritty. Uh, but, I mean, he's immediately effective, right? Matty Bogic had a good game. 
excellent assist over the top. I don't, again, that's another one of those points where I, I like, yes, he just hits a long ball over the top, but his ability to deliver it to, to Boanga in stride, especially if you watch him, he's got to cut back a defender in his own third and get that ball away quickly um, to maintain the advantage that Boanga has. So uh, incredible work. Boanga brings the ball down, nutmegs a defender, right? Finishes across the face of goal and then completely surprises Justin Glad for the second goal. Um, just a total explosion of, of goals. Uh, and things are looking positive for LAFC heading into the the last the last leg of the season here. Yeah, I mean, I think actually, I f- it's it's strange to be in this position as I think is usually we're like crossing our fingers that they'll put it together for the for the playoff run, right? Yeah. But it does it does seem like they're very comfortable with the game model that Trindolo wants them to utilize, and it was just a matter of plugging in the right pieces that had the skill set to to maximize the game model, right? Yeah, I mean, I th- there's a there's a handful of times where they're still forcing the ball to Bwanga too quickly, I think. But you know, then they score a goal off it from from that Bogic uh, long ball. Um, I did think the tactical choices today were interesting and and new. They possessed largely out of kind of like I don't know if it's a proper three five two. Um, it's three, three, one, four, two in a lot of ways. Uh, not that it matters, but they're kind of playing, um, this three man midfield still with Ilya and two attacking mids ahead, but oftentimes Bogic and art, sorry, uh, or Daz and, and Boanga were kind of playing as double strikers. And then you had Buke and Palacios were the ones that were kind of pushing up on the wings, providing the width for the formation with Hollingshead staying at home in the back three. What I like about how it worked out today is you have Aaron Long at right center back, who then winds up in possession as the central center back. Like you and I have talked about, it was it was one of the problems with the way they played Leon, right? Where you have Aaron Long out on out on as one of the outside center backs trying to make passes. We saw him almost get caught and give away a goal with a, with a dangerous entry pass today. But then you have Chiellini and you have Hollingshead, who are both good on the ball, can both connect passes as your outside center backs and, and keeping the formation moving. Uh, I, I think one thing that it did that was interesting for me tonight, uh, and this is this is one of those limitations where I feel like we need a whiteboard in-house <laughs> and to do some video. But what you see oftentimes in that back three shape is it almost looks like a, like a large diamond, right? Mm-hmm. You have... Aaron Long on one side, uh, Ilya in the midfield on the other, and then flanking them are Hollingshead and, and Chiellini. And they just 4v2, they just go four against two against the RSL strikers, right, who started, they, it was Bosovsky and, and Chicho to start. And so they can 4v2 those guys to death. And eventually RSL is going to have to send somebody if they want to get the ball moving and try and turn it over. So oftentimes that person comes out of the midfield, right, where you have your two midfielders, and so once Ilya gets the ball, now it's Bogic or Acosta open, right? And so once you get that first domino to fall because you've gone 4v2 against their strikers, you play the ball there and then another guy moves from, from the defense. And so you can kind of undo 
uh, undo the defensive block like that uh, mm. because you have a strong numerical advantage there with your four against two in the in the back. So um, I'll be interested to see if they if they go back to this. I mean, this kind of three man uh, back line in, in possession is all the rage right now. It's what Pep is doing. So of course, is what the rest of the world is going to do. Um, and if they're gonna, if people are gonna continue to to defend out of a four four two, as is kind of the case right now, or even a three five two, like I said, you have a numerical advantage right there um, with your back line, and then a larger one if you bring in a, a holding mid too. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, like you're saying, oftentimes it's it's you'll you'll see these trends start to flow across world football and then it's just a matter of time before it filters down to the ma- to the major league soccer and again, and again I think the defending in that 442 has been so such a staple of American soccer as a whole right it's like yeah, a, yeah. a low block 442 has been just a staple of everything that we've done as a nation right to be fair and so I think being able to figure out how to unlock that in different ways um, is interesting right and I think the Premier League, while the top end, right? Often, you know, often you see variations, you see differences. You know, you'll see more of a distinct style, and maybe actually, maybe not. You know, to be fair, like all of them were running a four three three not that long ago, right? Mm-hmm. After Pep started doing it fairly regularly, or Madrid would run that four three three fairly regularly, but now, as you come in here, LAFC come in, they run that four three three for so long. And you would see the limitations of it as time went on, right? How people learned to defend, that people learned to how to how to double Carlos Vela on the wing. Even in that last game, Carlos seemed like he had so much more attacking space, right? Again, not operating as one of the two forwards, but often operating as that wide winger, right? Um, yeah, coming you know, back uh, off the back. I mean, oftentimes in a four three three, what you're trying to do with your wingers is pin their back line as far back as possible, right? Because then that opens up space to play with the ball underneath that back line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But giving Carlos that license, especially if you have credible threats out there, like Bawanga, for example, to help pin back that back line, then now he can get into the space that's left open as well uh, and help create. Um, But I will say is the the movement of Bogush and Acosta yeah, does a lot to open up that space, right? Because we would see when when we had you know when it's Sifu um, and Tillman together, right? Oftentimes that space just feels a lot more congested, right? Mm. Versus I do feel like Bogush and Acosta do a much better job of understanding and interpreting that available space. So when Vela does make that move, they you rarely see a congestion in those in those pockets. Right. Yeah. In the last couple games, like I said, the spacing has been so much better. As to, it feels like they're operating with such more, so much more of an open field than I feel like we've seen in previous games. I do wonder if that's a factor of Acosta specifically um, playing on the right side of that midfield triangle because he is he is going to be a little bit slower to get forward. Not not that he is a slow player, but that he's a little bit more defensive minded. He's not, he's not as prone to get as far forward as quickly as someone like even Bogic or, or Sifu, for example. Um, and then if you couple that with the, 
with what Hollingshead or even Palencia does on that side where they're, they're very attack minded, willing to get forward. And Acosta all of a sudden is allowing a lot of space there in the midfield for Vela or Hollingshead to step into, um, or Palencia, for example, if, if Vela cuts in to that space vacated by Acosta, now Palencia can get forward, uh, down the wing. So I, I think it, I think it leads to a little bit more dynamism, um, on the field when you have midfielders that are better about hanging out in open space, as opposed to just not paying attention and yeah. not moving off the ball. Well, and again, I think obviously Alcosta's done so is like, that's the, if there's anything he's known for, right. And Joe, when he was on the show the other day was nine, we made it clear that he was not the biggest Kellen Acosta fan, yeah. but in for me, right. Given given that we do want to push one of those midfielders into the half space, Acosta is the one that I think is plays the mo- the most important role in understanding the field balance and understanding where he needs to be to open up that space as opposed to congesting mm-hmm. it. And I think when you play Tillman and Sifu together, which we had saw at part different times of the year, it does feel a lot more congested, right? Mm-hmm. But then when Sifu was playing with that other combo. Sifu doesn't always make the appropriate run and timing. So then it still felt either, you know, either that or he isn't again, is, is he's finding his own space, but that often is in conflict with what the wingers want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus I think Bogu seems to be more, more um, aware of, of the pockets of space at which he can operate that still allow him to play combinations with the forward line. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me that's it is that Bogus is looking for combination play still in the midfield, right? And this goes back to that video interview of him saying this is where he prefers to play, right? He's looking as he's moving forward, he's looking for that. Um, I felt like Sifu was always like looking for goal, which was fine. Like that's that's a different way to play that position, but I don't think he was as effective down the stretch as a result. Um, one thing I want to point out is that they're still getting to the, all these different positions from a 4-3-3, right? So you can go out in a 4-3-3 and you can send your both fullbacks high and play with two center backs at the back. Um, you can drop a, the six in between the two center backs and flare them out wide, which is, again, something that LAFC did plenty of tonight. It kind of, it, it was a fluid movement uh, on that back line. It was either Hollingshead or Ilya dropping into it. Um, I think that creates a lot of guesswork when you're doing it both ways, to be honest. It's it's something that I like, that it's not always the same look, that it's not always Ilya dropping back, and that it's not always Hollingshead staying uh, staying home, that you kind of shift what you're doing. It keeps the defense on, on its toes. Um, and then the I mean, other thing... How often, how often do we talk about, you know, in the, in the Mohamed El-Manir days, right, when he played, when he would play right back, right back? Yeah, they would play the left foot, the like massive left footer on the right. Yes, yeah. on the right, right, and it just it basically closes off half the field, right. Mm. And the upside of the team, you know, having guys like Palencia and and Hollingshead out there opposite of, you know, opposite of um, Palacios, is that it does feel like they they have that opportunity to both cut inside and stay out wide. Right, it, it, it's a lot yeah. more dynamic, um, and then it allows Palacios to just do what he does best, right? Which is just grind it out down that side, and then send in crosses when 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 the opportunity is there. Mm-hmm. But 
again, you know, so as opposed to, like I said, the attack looking very predictable where we, our buildup was almost constantly on the left feed, feed the ball to Buanga's feet overlap with Palacios over and over and over again. And we didn't really see much of it. Now you see the switches. Now you see those movements again. It, this team just feels as, as per current, the movement just seems so much more efficient than I think it did. Yeah. Um, in previous games. So, I mean, there's, there's like one more thing that I want to get to and the way the wingbacks or the wingers, I should say, because on the right side, it's a winger in, in Buke who's holding the, the position wide on the left side. It's the left back Diego Palacios holding that, that wing. Um, so in this case, the wingers are kind of positioning themselves in between RSL's back and middle line of four, right? really wide. So they're pulling both those lines apart and sitting in that space, sometimes occupying the midfielders, sometimes occupying the defenders, um, pulling them apart. And what I really like about it is they're stretching that midfield four for yeah. RSL. And because you've positioned Bowanga and Ordaz more centrally, because again, the wingers are pushing them in now, now you don't have uh Bowanga stuck to the, to the left touch line. He's now inside, and as you stretch the RSL middle line, right, now Ilya or Costa or Bogus or even some of the center backs can find the striker's feet even earlier, right? They can play directly mm -hmm. to them. So it puts Boanga in a spot where he can receive with his back to goal, lay it off to a midfielder, and then immediately make a run, and he's starting, he's starting closer to goal. Now, I think Bowanga's more of a winger. I don't think he's a pure number nine. I think that's why they go get Mario Gonzalez. But if you're looking for a, a way to break down this 4-4-2 mid-block, as you're going to see plenty in MLS, this is one of those creative ways where like Dolo gets it 100% right in the way that he set up the team. And so for for me, who gets into this kind of stuff, like I, I love this part of the game, this chess match between managers uh, and seeing how you can move pieces around within a formation. I love, I love that aspect of the game. Um, and tonight was a, was a, was a great plan from, from Dolo and company. Yeah. Like I said, this is, we talked about earlier, this is probably the most tactical we've, we've looked in a long time, right? As opposed to yeah, absolutely. oftentimes, like I said, we were, I thought like earlier in the season, even when Buanga was scoring at will, it was by brute force rather than rather than the way this team looked, which again, which seems to have a very, you know, they're establishing their patterns. They're flowing through those patterns. There's movement both on and off the ball. And again, that's just what we were starting to lose um, at different part, you know, towards the end of May heading into June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we already talked about, Krastev getting his goal, Ordaz getting his. Um, am I remembering right that Ordaz also had one wiped off for offside? Yeah, I don't know if it went in. Okay. I don't remember. But, again, I think I don't think we can point out enough how good his movement has been. Yeah. He's, right? like he's... In, in our pre-show, in our pre -show, we had talked about it, and then, like I said, his whether it's his hold-up play with his, with his back-to-goal, yeah. Right, where he's able to just ward off defenders and 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 you know be able to make a quick one touch pass and and not lose possession there, or making intelligent runs into the box. Like I said, when that ball goes out to Palacios wide on his goal, right, 
he yeah. he probably could have easily dogged it there and let and let Buanga make the run, right? But in that moment, he knows that Buanga, when he sees Buanga pull that defender, you almost see him accelerate just a hair more to get into, you know, to get into space and clean up the mess, right? And yeah. so, again, that's though these are things that you just that we don't see often from young players, but to mm-hmm. see it from our own homegrown, from a kid that, you know, that what do they say started as a ball boy and is now, now the starting striker yeah. in Le- leagues cup, I yeah. mean, again, you gotta love it. Yeah, uh, you you hit on the movement, you hit on the combination play. There's a moment um, where I think it's deceptive whose fault it is. And this is nitpicky stuff, so take it with a grain of salt, everybody. Uh, Palac- he and Palacios are combining, and Palacios takes off down the, down the wing, and Ordaz plays the ball behind him. Ordaz is trying to communicate to him, hey, let's stay here and play. The defense is still set in. Let's stay here and play. And the ball goes out. I think that's as much, if not more, on Palacios for trying to force that attack. That's a moment where you see even a young player recognize, like, hey, we haven't we haven't sucked them all the way in. Let's let's take a pause here. Let's play together and then go. Um, again, nitpicky. There's not really anything to it. Uh, but to me, it was one of those signs like, hey, this kid is patient. He's going to let this moment breathe and make sure that the time is right before he attacks. Um, Again, which is a, it's a breath of fresh air after seeing, <sighs> you know, midfielder, attacking midfielder after attacking midfielder or forward after forward just force the action. And even Buanga, yep. right, often doesn't have yeah. that same patience, yeah. right? And again, it was starting to get a bit frustrating. But again, to see it from from a kid like Ordaz, it, it's... Yeah. It's like, okay, like we were talking about what during our, um, we talked about it during the, I think the in the pre-show with, or not in the pre-show, but in the show with Joe, in our grades, it was like, I hope, I hope that he, that he, that he wards off Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. And it's like, you know, you, you, you know, you're you're actually actively hoping for this kid to be able to outplay the guy you just brought in because yeah, yeah. If that's if that's the case, then you know you're in a good spot, right? And yeah. again, it, it sets a precedent for what the academy can do. I mean, Duenas was already has already been there and has looked yep. you know has looked good in his time, but Ordaz, man, looks like the real deal for yep. all intents and purposes. Yep. Again, yeah, I mean, the, hopefully in old hopefully. MLS, right, is the is the 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 signing that wins you championships, right? The the homegrown yeah. that you don't have to pay that much money that plays up to the level of a a tam or higher, right? right? And I mean, my my ultimate hope is that they either do right by him and that you know as he comes good and like continues to produce that they do right by him by paying him a fair amount, um, or by getting him a move, um. Nobody wants to see him move yet. I, w- I want this kid to score plenty of goals. Still, there's something, even even tonight in his second goal, there's something so special to me. And again, it's probably because I'm an old dad. Like, seeing what is effectively a child out there uh, in a place that I take my kids, right, to watch professional matches, and, and he is scoring. Uh, there's, something, there's something so special about that. Um, so I hope... I hope we see more from him and I hope we see more from the Academy. 
major kudos to uh, Todd Saldana for for bringing these kids along and to LAFC for giving them a shot because it's, uh, it's something special. Yeah, I think the key word is patience, right? And I think yeah, yeah from from the from the you know from the front office to the coaching staff to the fans, we've had to have a ton of patience with how the academy has developed, right? Because you know they started from from nothing right you started from scratch and it's going to take some time to get it to where you want to be but i think yep. now we're starting to see the fruits of the of that labor and it, again it's yeah. it's exciting to see it pay off big fans of tovo methodology from Todd Bean uh, as i understand it which is uh if you're looking to learn how to coach positional play um or like more of a total football approach to the game uh, it works at the grassroots level. It obviously works at the professional academy level. Um, you can do a seven v seven course for about three hundred dollars. I think their v one course is like five hundred dollars. Now you can do it all online. Uh, incredible, incredible material. Um, just gonna go ahead and plug their stuff because we use it. Uh, every every coach that I bring on board and at our club, we every head coach that is, we pay for them to attend those courses because. Uh, it's so, it's, um, so good, not only from like practical from in like a practical sense, like do these exercises, here's how you run these rondos. Here's how you run these positional games, but also from like a theory, right. Mm. Um, how to reach kids in, in a more effective way than just the typical, uh, don't take this the wrong way. The typical like American football way that we see with so many coaches, right. Um, just a, a really, really good program. Um, anyway, that's a tangent. Uh, anything else you want to get to tonight, Josh? No, let's get to some questions. Okay. All right. First one is from Lionel Hutz. Think you guys nailed it on the last show regarding needed time on the training pitch has made a huge difference in the way that they are attacking credit to Dolo. Any scouting report on Monterey? I haven't watched any Monterey this year at all. Um, so I, I don't have a scouting report. No. All I know is at the end of every game that I've turned on, there always seems to be some kind of brawl at the end of all of their games. <laughs> uh, so get Mario out. Uh, let's make sure that Keeling is there to defuse things. Uh, who's who's another good brawler? Who would be like the third Bash brother? Would it just be John McCarthy? No, because McCarthy seems to be the guy that talks talks a big talk, but ultimately is more of a lover than a fighter. <laughs> Strong like, words. Like, look at him. He he it's like talks so much trash, but he seems like a very fun loving guy. Acosta will mix it up. He yeah. he's he might be the best with the Conca Caffery. Uh, it's probably or even think even it, the U.S. has to be honest. Obviously, like mario's the the master of the dark arts he probably is the inventor of said dark arts yeah right but on this team in terms of just pure like violence it would be my guess is it's mario long and palacios <laughs> where's long from is he from modesto yeah, Do I have man, that right. The mean streets. Modesto's no joke, man. <laughs> I'm from I'm from like 45 minutes away from that. You don't you don't mess around in Modesto. <laughs> I need a fact check on where he's from, but I do think it's somewhere around I do think it's something like, like one of those unexpectedly hard cities in California. 
Oak Hills, California. That's San Bernardino County. Uh, then I have it wrong. My bad, everybody. East of Hesperia. <laughs> no, I mean, he's from San, Ber- it's San Bernardino County, Kirk. It's, oh, well. It's not... Maybe we had it right. Yeah. I, I mean, it may not be Modesto, but it is San Bernardino. So my, my guy is, <laughs> my guy is tr- tested and true. <laughs> he's been fighting meth dealers all his life. Yeah. It's Hesperia. It's <laughs> feeling near the Cajon Pass. It's like near Victorville. Yeah. Oh, man. No problem. All right. Uh, I'm not insinuating that Aaron Long takes drugs, by the way. That's not... <laughs> I mean, it would be par for your typical assessment. <laughs> no, no, no. He's a he's a good athlete. He's a good athlete. He's not... Anyway, let's move on. Tom Camilleri, they can take our players, but they're still RSLOL. Uh, since Chicho didn't get to decide whether he was going to celebrate a goal, I got to wondering... What does Kai Kamara do? Every goal he scores is against his former team. This is one of those things. I get it. I think it's I think it's nice when players don't stunt on their on their old teams after after scoring a goal. But uh, to me, it's a bit MLB ish with yeah, like, the, like the unwritten rules of the game type of thing. The expectation like that Chicho can't celebrate if he scores is kind of wild to me like let the man do his thing if he doesn't awesome i'll say it's a class act if he does eh, we should have kept him off we should have kept him off the score sheet i think in this case it's all context always matters to me right yeah with with how they go about it so if you're talking about a summer regular season game in major league soccer yeah that's probably the time that you hold back your celebration or u.s open cup uh, goal against right. against a bunch of seventeen year olds, and you came from La Masia, and you take off your jersey and hold it up to thirty two fifty two. Yeah, so <laughs> in in that context, right? That those are the ones you probably. That's when you don't. That's probably when you follow the said unwritten rules, right? Yeah. yeah. If if Chicho scores a banger to beat LAFC in the Cup final or something, you know, or to go to the Cup yeah. final, whatever yeah. it may be. Hey, man. Like celebrate, you just dude. you celebrate all you want. You just won celebrate. your you you did what you're supposed to. You won your team. Uh, you know you're putting your team in in contention to win a trophy, whatever it be. Yeah. So yeah. So I think, like I said, I I think that context is important. But like I said, I think regular season is where you show the respect. Everything else beyond that, you know. Yeah, I had a I had an assistant coach once who uh, was big on not celebrating kind of like an old school mentality. Um, and we had a lot of conversations about this where, where every time our kids scored, he would he would just start yelling, high fives only, high fives only, don't don't be celebrating, don't be. And so I I remember one time I showed him a video. I was like, hey man, like here's, here's a pic, like here's a video of like what all their idols do when they score. And you know, it's Ronaldo going up and hitting his ridiculous celebration or Messi taking off his jersey, right? Or Neymar doing his thing. All these superstars that celebrate these goals uh, as if it were their first. And to me, it's like the kids are supposed to be having some fun. And of course, we don't want to, we want to be sporting about it. Uh, we have rules now on our team. Like if you're up five, you never, you're, you're done celebrating, like no more. Um, but um, 
the kids work hard for those goals, man. Same with the professionals. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to accomplish. So, yeah, let them eat cake. Anything else on that one, Josh? No, I think you nailed it right on the head. All right, Sam Lehman. It's been discussed, but I can't believe how good Bogic is in it with a defined role in the midfield. Steve seems to agree, given that he pushed Hollingshead up to the wing when Palencia replaced Stipe and finally let Bogic stay where he was. This is a good point. I, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that angle about, no, Bogic, you're going to stay in the middle, and Hollingshead, you're going to go play on the wing. Uh, yeah, again, I mean, especially it's like, we, that, it's like we love to say about counter-press listeners, right? They're, they're yeah. the smartest. Yeah. I mean, especially in the formation that they're running, right, which is that, you know, like you point out, like a three, three, five, two yeah. with that, or that turns into a, you know, like I said, that right wing, it's not really a wing back, right? It's just a pure wing. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely morphs. Sometimes, it, sometimes it looks like a traditional four, three, three. Sometimes it looks like that three, four, three, five, two, three, four, three ish, but mm-hmm. yeah, essentially. But, but when you, or yeah, I guess it would be like a th- Three, four, three, but the two are inside. Like the left and center four are tucked inside, with the right, with the right winger out wide being a traditional winger, right? Whether it was Stipe or Fall or Hollingshead, right? And Hollingshead's fairly good. You know, had been has been one of the best in the business in terms of delivery in Major League Soccer, yeah. right? So I'm not mad about it. Like I said, I think I think again continue to give credit where credit's due in terms of what how the coaching staff set them up you know like i said it 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 all looked good tonight yeah absolutely lex at three deuce five deuce if kike and gonzalez turn out to be solid we would have bawanga gonzalez kike starting um but what happens to the mid bogic is killing it and we still got tillman and fufu uh philip krastev for those who aren't aware of the nickname do we run with uh, Do we run with Vela, Ilya, Bogic, or keep Vela up front? Going to be a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, if if Kike and Gonzalez all come through and Krastev continues to produce, and so does Ortaz, only thing you can do is pop champagne and drink to those mm-hmm. problems because they are the perfect problems to have. Uh, I I don't see Vela going into the midfield. If anything, I see you extending him. Uh, by playing him 60s and 30s only and moving guys around. Yeah. I and mean, like if said, you yeah. have Tillman coming off the bench regularly, that's a great midfield sub. Uh, if you have if you have Ordaz coming in as a, as a forward sub, then that's a great sub to have, right? So, I mean, essentially you just become incredibly deep in every game. Yeah. I mean, again, it's the depth that we bragged about earlier that we probably didn't have when it all set, was said and done. Yeah. But now I think actually possess um, with with their current moves because, again, I think with, you know, again, we all love Opoku, but it, his position had been a bit stale within what we were attempting to do, nor did it quite fit the profile. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't the profile in which we, we needed in the long run, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, Vela has shown he's effective when he has rest and he has time mm-hmm. and all these different things. And so, again, if you're going to tell me that you're going to be able to play him in specific moments, you know, he's a guy that likes to start, right? So you're going to probably going to run him out for 60 minutes most games, then pull him off. But if you're going to say that the replacements for Vela in that position are going to be some combination of 
Butte, you know, Buke and and uh, Kike, you know, as yeah. your as your depth pieces there, and then you have Dor- Ordaz and Gonzalez fighting it out at the top. Hey, that's that's legit. And then you still yeah. have in your midfield now a Bogush who looks great there, right, as your attacking midfielder, and and then you just let everyone else fight for fight for minutes, right? And then yep. you you I think I think with that depth though, the worry of running Ilya into the ground solved because I think you slide Acosta back. Even yeah. Tillman has looked has has as a holding mid. He could, he could definitely play as a holding mid. There's yeah. nothing stopping him from doing that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I I don't think you I think the only two you probably aren't playing Krostev or Bogush in that holding role. Yeah. But all the rest of them, whether it's Duenas, whether it's um I don't know that I put Duenas there. I I will make the I will <laughs> Only because, like, he's so young and has so much responsibility. A game like tonight, absolutely, like, that's where you want to see it. Like, let's give him twenty-five minutes as we're up. Yeah. I mean, three, but but I think now it. you have that opportunity, right? It's like yeah. you can you can do it. You can play it now, or you can use. You can work more of a double pivot because Acosta's there to kind of shield him if need be, you know. And and do you you can be really creative with what of what with how you're going about it, right? Yeah. To yeah. to either look for different. To, to find different looks that you can throw out there or just to give guys rest. Yep. Right. Either yep. one, you're in a good position. Right. Okay. The bank 121. I'm hearing Friday night at the Rose Bowl versus Monterey. I think I saw Gio Garcia confirm that um, shortly before we logged on here. Uh, so that could be pretty cool. Uh, LFC fans better get ready because those tickets are going to be gobbled up by Monterey fans. Supposedly, so, Again, and our fans can correct can correct us if we're, I'm wrong here. There isn't a big Monterey presence in LA, right? Mm. From a fan base perspective, apparently, LA is heavy America. Yeah. Right. Um, so again, I mean, Could obviously, we, I don't know. we do expect something. To, I mean, Monterey is a lot deeper. Yeah. South into yeah. into Mexico, so maybe that's probably why. But yeah. That that this is just something that I saw in 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 one of the LAFC discussions that I've I've seen was that someone had noted and who's a yeah Yankees fan that there there's it's not locally at least right we don't see yeah. nearly the same the same presence as some of the other Yankees teams. Either way, I wouldn't take it for granted, and I would pack that place to the gills. I mean, if <laughs> some me and all my if, friends, yeah. if I still live there. If, if some is involved with the marketing, you know they're never going to spare an opportunity to squeeze every last yes. dollar yes. out of U.S.-based Liga Mekis fans. Mm-hmm. So there it is. 100%. Uh, I wonder if Carson's going to play a League's Cup match in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Probably not. Juan Pablo Marquez. Who knew uh, rest would have helped this team? Part two. But fall at right wing wasn't on our bingo cards. This is what I don't understand from Dolo. Why not play Torres at right wing? Bello uh, back will be fundamental. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know what the deal is with Christian Torres. Um, why he's not getting minutes? I assume he's just not quite at that same level, right? Um, <laughs> Mamadou fall at right wing again. Confusing. Seems like a total flex move from Dolo. Just to just to kill the game off there. I, I really, 
don't know what it's about other than like here kid you did good in training so here's some minutes yeah i mean i think my guess is is you have to reward guys that you expect to be a part of the rotation at some point right yeah and and my assumption at this point given what we've given what we've seen over the course of the year is that torres just isn't part of said rotation right and you know, like is it, and if you can get fall up to speed one way or another, whether it's at right wing or just on the field getting minutes, he I think he gives you more. I mean, he's much more needed to his presence is much more much more of a benefit to the squad than having Torres or given the amount of attacking firepower we currently have on the roster already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also think it's probably riding on the wall for Chiellini, right? Chiellini's probably on the move. Probably want to make sure that Fall is feeling included uh, because we know that that situation didn't go too well last time. So if the idea is to keep Fall around for next year, maybe you're trying to keep him happy. I have no idea, but uh, interesting. A lot of Mamadou Fall talk. Justin33W says, please talk about Fall. I have no idea what he was doing. I don't think he did either. Uh, His position was just vibes. Um, Yeah, Again, I think it's just probably minutes. I, I'm not going to fault him. He he played in that great curling cross, and that was you know that was kind of it. But he's not a winger, so what are you going to do? Uh, at Yoyo Tori sixty six, Fufu looks good. Excited to see more of him. Anything specific from Crossdev tonight? I think he f- he he finds himself in the good situations, and he f- and his spacing is excellent. Yeah. Right. Like when they're pushing up into attack, often, right? It was, again, and this is, it, it, I, it bothered, I mean, not that it bothers me, but it's like, I don't want to speak ill of our form, of, of the players that we've had on the roster previously, but the, their, their field awareness just seems at a, at a much higher level. Right. And again, we've talked about this in previous, as the team continues to evolve and they look into different places and as the league evolves and there's more money available, right? Those discrepancies are going to become far more apparent, right? And so, you know, what we, what we used to take for, you know, we used to think, oh man, look how great a Mark Anthony K is or, or Lee Wynn or whoever it may be, right? Whatever, whoever our favorite Latif, whoever our favorite player was that gave us amazing moments as fans right if the continue the team is continue is to continue to progress in a positive direction right you're probably not going to long for those players for very long right yeah. in terms of like yeah. you know again you you miss them as individuals but in terms of what they brought to the table again you hope that there's a continued upgrade year over year over year right and again you know look, look at teams across the globe that have a much longer and deeper history than we, than we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how would some of the guys that starred in the 1980s even sniff the field with the, the field, the guy, even the, the last guy on your starting 11 now? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Right. But with, with the advances in sports science, the advances in coaching and, you know, and again, sometimes it's just the ability to share information on a global scale now, right? We do expect things to progress in a, in mm-hmm. a way that, you know, is going to leave a fair amount of the the traditional MLS player behind, if you will. Yeah, yeah. All right, Gomez Jr., 
don't move my Bogus from midfield ever or Dazzle Rebuke any day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Daz looking lethal and Bogus looking incredibly effective in the midfield. Um, as we have long said on this show, I should point out, Josh, uh, Danny Romero, class from Arango for not celebrating against LAFC. Major props. I don't feel right stunting on, on Chicho. I'm sorry. I don't feel right. Oh, man. I'm still, I'm still not completely over it, but yeah. that's all right. Of all, again, and again, this is that one situation where of all the people that you, when a, when a player leaves the club, that's the one guy that I can, I don't think I could ever speak ill of. No, no, no. All right. Alan Kine at Teletall Tale. Even in, a, even in a in a nil-nil first half, totally ball-dominant, totally implementing our patterns of play, and the dam broke in the second half. And to top it off, our depth is just dangerous at this point. We didn't even have Vela today. Yeah, again, we kind of talked about this, the fact that it was just like, I think the dam breaking is a, is a great uh, way to put it, where it's just this complete flood of goals uh, within... I think I get three and 10 or 15 minutes. And then, you know, the forthcoming as well, about 20 minutes, uh, just absolute domination where once the goal stops it, you can't stop them from coming anymore. Um, so it's just incredible, incredible second half. Next one, Josh is from Matt Williams. Winger Mamadou fall was an interesting choice. So again, we've got, we've got to this. Anything else on winger Mamadou fall, Josh? Yeah, get the man minutes. That's all I want to say. Right, like keep, said, him happy. keep him happy. Keep him happy. Keep him happy. Uh, keep him engaged. Give him opportunity. Yeah. Right, because again, depending on we don't, you never, you never know what Keeling's availability is going to be. Right, we hope yeah. that he's going to be available for the key moments. Right, but you also don't want to accidentally run him into the ground. Um. By yeah. by and again and the best way to go about that is having, you know, the 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 trio of, and again I think it also s- said something that Fall made onto the field as a winger before Maldonado saw the field as well, right? Mm, that's so if a you're going to give me yeah. if you're going to give me a Mario Long and Fall as your rotation while Chiellini, you know, while Chiellini recover, you know, has longer recovery periods, I think we're still yeah. we're in good shape yeah. there. And another thing too, just if he can keep his sharpness just by getting a few minutes on the wings or, you know, get up to speed a little bit more. Uh, we've all seen what Mamadou Fall looks like when he's like fully integrated and playing regular minutes for LAFC. And it's incredible, right? It's toast of the league type play from him uh, at center back. So if you, whatever you have to do, if you feel this is the way to get him back as like the second the second uh, left center back off the team sheet. And anytime Keeling is not available, he's starting, then you got it. You got to get in there. So I'm going to trust the process on this one, even though the process didn't work out too well last time for Mamadou fall. But um, anything else you want to get to tonight, Josh? No, I think that's it. Enjoy this one. LFC fans. Yeah. Now we got a few days off and then we'll hit the ground running on Friday. Is there, it, did they announce Friday? I couldn't tell if it was Friday or Saturday before, but no, it looks like it has been announced. Um, okay. Someone just posted that they said, um, that, um, this is going to be 
Born Slippy, B-R-N underscore Slippy, um, did post that he received his email saying they have advanced in the quarterfinals and will face CF Monterey. Due to scheduling conflicts, the match will not be played at BMO. We'll host it at the Rose Rose Bowl Friday, August 11th at 730. All right. Pack that place, please. Angelinos, pack it full. Um, let's will let's will LAFC onto the the next round of the League's Cup, um, so that we can all see Messi an extra time, right? <laughs> uh, all right, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LAFC, Josh on X. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go, here we go. All right, all right. Uh, we'll talk to you all on Friday night.